0: Hello and welcome to Real History, uh, the podcast where we discuss historically based, historically based fiction films and we decide at, in a very arbitrary but fun manner <laughs> why, how much of the film has history, historical content in it we consider to be relatively accurate and something you could possibly learn from and how much of it is just fun hokum. Uh... Yes, I think that's the best way to describe it. So, my name is Hugh David, I am your co-host and co-producer, and with me is... Jenna Pateman. Hi. Co-host and co-producer. Yes. Uh, I am a history teacher and a uh, former history grad, and Jenna is a current history grad. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Two and...
1: woo Yep.
0: <laughs> uh, and that, we feel, gives us a, a, a good enough reason to be on your headphones talking about History films. Uh, <laughs> so, also, this
1: um, us a chance to talk.
0: Yeah, well, that too, that too. Mm-hmm. So today we are going to talk about. Well, Jenna, tell us why we're going to do this film this month and what uh, what the film is.
1: Well, we are looking at the Imitation Game, which mm-hmm. is about uh, Alan Turing and the um, and their, how why can't I say this word? Enigma project. And uh, we're doing it because it's LGBT History Month. So, Q History Month.
0: (laughs) There we go. Yeah,
1: it's an important month to me because, as I've said many times on this podcast before, I am bisexual. Mm -hmm. And um, I believe LGBTQ people's history needs to be celebrated. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, again, with, like stuff like Black History Month and Women's History Month, people use it as an excuse just to do the history in this month, mm-hmm. when it should be spread out all through the year, because everyone's history is everyone's history. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it gives us an excuse to talk about it. So, yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Yes, that's exactly it. Yeah. So, history is just history, and it's all part of history. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh Yes, it's a, We could do an entire podcast on the social social structural issues that mean that people segment it into months. Yes. <laughs> but let's not even do that; just asking for. Oh, we could. End, that's a proper history podcast, that isn't it? Oh, uh, it's a good topic. So, it is. We may have to raise it a little bit more later on. Um, mm. So, The Imitation Game, twenty fourteen, released twelve a film in Britain, yes. just a shade under two hours, one hour fifty four minutes which makes it actually um, pretty rare these days because everybody goes over two hours now yeah. and uh, a lot of them don't need to. It's a, it's based on the book Alan Turing, The Enigma, written by Andrew Hodges. It's adapted by Graham Moore, who has a number of scripts and productions under his belt um, since then, but at the time had written just an episode of 10 Things I Hate About You, the TV series. Um,
1: completely different
0: <laughs> well to be fair the way imdb works it lists what got made and then other projects so it may well be he'd been writing for quite some time before that on other projects yeah. that didn't get made um at any rate morton tilden the director european director who cut his teeth on um uh what we would call um Scandi Noir or euro euro crime um t darts of dark so stark tv crime dramas um mm-hmm. And has now since thanks to the imitation game gone on to um do bigger Hollywood pictures uh including passengers with Jennifer Lawrence and oh, okay. Chris Pratt. Uh yeah. so he's is this definitely gave him quite a boost. Uh and the cast is exactly the sort of cast you expect from a British <laughs> Oh
1: look, there's Keira Knightley. Oh look, there's Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh look, Look. there's
0: Matthew Good. (laughs) Yes, there's Rory Kinnear. There's
1: Mark Strong.
0: (laughs) Matthew Beard, Charles Dodds, You know, it's just just (laughs) Steve Waddington, and oh, who else do I recognise from over the years? Um,
1: Oh, I can't remember a surname, but he's um, from Downton Abbey.
0: Yes I know who you mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. uh it's a it, but yeah you know it's it is a very 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 good cast um mm. uh but what is interesting to me is that this comes out in 2014 and mm. we had a perfectly good <laughs> british uh well acted well- written and directed movie also based on the novel on a book sorry uh, about the race for the for Enigma which was called Enigma <laughs> which came out in 2001 Yeah, which was also nominated for awards and all the rest of it now that one had Doug Ray Scott Kate Winsland Saffron Burrows Jeremy Northam Nicolaj Costa Wilder, so
1: basically this standard British cast for that time
0: Matthew McFadden <laughs> Donald <laughs> Sumter yeah exactly exactly um <laughs> You know, so it's kind of odd seeing them, and I think they share a couple of people in common in the cast as well, which is really. I think uh, I think Richard Katz is in both. I could be wrong. Anyway, Um but so so the thing is that that's not that long ago. Mm. You know, two thousand and one through to twenty fourteen is certainly in the memory of film of uh film goers relatively short, mm. <laughs> but it's. In it, from our point of view, that's not that long. That's not Yeah, that we're far
1: historians, apart. we don't think of that as <laughs> a long period. <No. laughs> so
0: the question becomes, why is the story being retold so soon? And why come back to it? So let, what? why is it so important that there be a... That we have a, a biopic of Turing out there.
1: Because he's a very, very important figure. To be completely honest, Mm -hmm. Um, there is a reason he's now on the fifty-pound note. uh, Mm -hmm. Which, when I found out, I may have celebrated a bit because he's—he is kind of one of my icons. Um, Mm -hmm. I think even if he hadn't been gay, um, he still would have been because he is someone that is very likely to be on the spectrum that I'm on. Because, Mm -hmm. as I've mentioned many times, I'm also autistic, so. <clears throat> that having someone that's representative. Sorry, excuse me. One sec. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> sorry, uh, that is representative of two of my labels mm-hmm. is really nice if that makes sense, and it shows what kind of like the film's kind of motto. Is that the right word? A sop um uh-huh. Uh-huh. that it's the people that are different that can bring inspected things basically mm. so and it just makes me feel good about those two labels that I happen to have and because as much as I celebrate my autism and the fact that I think differently and I've got different skills to different people there are downsides that come with it I'm more prone <sighs> to mental health uh disorders um I get very confused in certain situations I have to tell people like doctors oh look I'm autistic so if I act in a different way this is what's going to happen I don't know what will happen but I might act differently that sort Mm -hmm. of thing Um, it's definitely not something I'm going to say to the bus driver but it's the thing that I'm going to say to important people Mm -hmm. and then people look at you a bit differently because, um, I kind of hide in plain sight with both of my, with, with a lot of my labels. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I get on very well in social situations, um, I won a sales award for an entire company back 10 years ago. I'm very good at sales. That, that is one of my very good, uh, skills, so for someone with autism to win that, that was very rare and not that Mm -hmm. I actually knew that at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I think the reason that this was made is because of the fact of people need to know about the people with behind things that happen like Mm Enigma, like, um, and celebrate those labels because of the LGBT, Q and, um, autism, because you can definitely see Benedict Cumberbatch really playing up the autistic um, label that he mm-hmm. has. So, okay. Yeah.
0: So on the plus side then, mm-hmm. this particular version you feel highlights the current sort of uh, identity politics of the area era that w- really existed in that time, but we just hadn't been able to perceive them yeah. in the historical account because they weren't considered Uh, of the same level of importance, perhaps, uh, by previous historians. Um, Certainly, it's interesting that this turns up and comes along at a time where these issues are gaining in importance. Yes. And therefore, it's interesting to create a a fictionalised account that emphasises them. Mm -hmm. Now, the question is, does that... so so for the people who don't know the history very very briefly right during world war ii there is a need on behalf of the allied powers to crack the codes used by the nazi communications systems uh, when they're intercepted and these codes are to begin with fairly difficult and hard to break and At any point in time where they are broken, so for example, uh, something that the film... Throws away in a single line under Cumberbatch's breath, but which is incredibly important is that the Polish had already broken it six years hmm. six years six years no six months sorry uh, six months earlier six years earlier yeah it's been, been a while i mean they were working on it, and they'd passed the intelligence on to the british what made it what made it so important that the british get their own crypto, crypto analytical team together and on the job was that the um the 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 the, the germans uh, working with the code machine, which was at this end nicknamed enigma mm-hmm. be, be, obviously that in itself is a code name because uh, <laughs> an <laughs> enigma could be any puzzle um but they would this this was a machine an early form of computing it, re, it required um uh, uh, mechanical parts and at first that would then create a random semi randomized sequence now when the um when, the, 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 when, when it started to be cracked by the Polish and, they, and that was, the Germans realized this, they started to swap in and out different components and yeah. increase the, level of, the amount of randomization going into the sequencing of the code. So you would take a message in German, encrypt it using the machine, send the encrypted version. That would be intercepted by allies who would then attempt to decrypt it now with the com- increased complications the British needed to figure that out and so it was important to try and bring together a group of people who were extremely good at this now we there were group, you you and I live in a part of Britain where Bletchley Park is a big is important and a big name because it's not far for yeah. us to get to and
1: also it's celebrated because I live right by GCHQ as well
0: yes which is its so successor it's...
1: Yeah, it's a touch local history. Um, last year, we had a talk from um, a GCHQ historian, mm. and part of it was uh, Bletchley Park, because the reason that they moved to Cheltenham was because there'd already been a site that the Americans had been using,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, which so all the phone lines and stuff already set up, so they moved there, and that's mm. the only reason they chose Cheltenham. Also, apparently, the director liked horse racing. Mm. <laughs> so...
0: And so you end up with so that's one that that is probably the the most important reason people have heard of Alan Turing, uh, is his his participation in this team of brilliant people trying to break codes at mm. the code and cipher school in Bletchley Park. So yeah. the that the, and and the enigma the film is about just that. It's not about the rest of it. Turing features in it. But his, this is this is why there was this is in addition to what you pointed out and a reason why there's it's worth making a biopic again of him because this is about him personally. Yeah. Because the film isn't just about the World War Two. The film has three time periods, mm. and one of them is the, uh, the 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 famous search for Enigma. Yep. And then, which
1: is the majority of it.
0: And then we have the second period of his life, which is when he is young, at boarding school, and we start to see some background to him. Yes. And then the third period is towards is later on, towards the end of his life, in the fifties when the war is over, oh. uh, and he becomes investigated by a detective. Now, that allows for more scope. That makes it more of a biopic focused on Alan Turing himself. That makes it more of a an acting tour de force yes you know it's the sort of thing where like with the earlier film the ensemble is the key this film has a great ensemble but it's very much the cumberbatch show yes it really is (laughs) you know not in a bad way i'm
1: not just sherlock
0: (laughs) yeah exactly although although given the way Moffat and Gates has had him play Sherlock, it's annoyingly similar in places where you're yeah. just like, come on, Benedict, try harder. <laughs> Do something different to show autism.
1: <laughs> oh, don't worry, he then becomes a dragon.
0: Well, yes. <laughs> Wait, are you suggesting that Smaug was autistic?
1: Could it? <gasps> Head <Ooh>. cannon. <laughs>
0: Ooh, Obsessed is this what... something. Yes. Doesn't know actually how much he's got because he has trouble counting it. <laughs> but is keeps it fixated all... He's
1: on one thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Stays in the dark, doesn't socialise much. <laughs> I just... <Let's... laughs> Wait, does this mean all dragons are autistic, which is why they don't live together in... Communities. Maybe. <laughs> okay, correction. Dragons and Tolkien. So so here's the thing. It's a really good biopic if you're interested in learning about Turing and Turing circumstances uh-huh. and seeing things ostensibly his, from his point of view. Yeah. Would you agree with me that the cost of that is to really downplay most of the historical elements of the Enigma saga?
1: Yes. Because okay. Because it's... The whole project was teamwork. Yes. And because they are wanting to show up Aaron Turing's um, autism,
0: yes. they're making
1: him more of a social outlier when yeah. he was actually quite liked. Mm. I, I have a feeling it's quite like how I react with people, that mm-hmm. when people first... See get to know me they're a bit mm, okay but as soon as they get to know me they like me mm-hmm.
0: if that makes mm-hmm.
1: sense so it's probably like a small adjustment period not the adjustment periods that people actually went through if mm-hmm. that. Yeah. and also like the fact of they do stuff like Tyrion wanting his own office which I can completely understand
0: <laughs>
1: um, but at the same time I don't mind working with other people. It's fine. It's just Mm -hmm. sometimes I would rather go off by myself. And sometimes I do... There's a scene about lunch and sometimes not understanding what people are actually saying because they're saying it in a... In the way that people speak and the way Mm. British people speak. Mm.
0: Um,
1: Sometimes you need a bit of translation if you're autistic. Yeah. Um, So especially when it comes to sarcasm, I can actually be quite sarcastic, but mm. people don't get I'm being sarcastic because I don't use the right tone of voice. Mm. Mm. And it's stuff like that. It's the, those little nuances and the fact of they're just trying to get through Taranturin that that um, it's lunchtime, come with us, mm-hmm. where he's like, no, I'm working. And then there's like, so they're going off and then they're they're like, oh, is anyone hungry? And he's like, yes, I could go for soup. Can you bring us back? And it's like I can. That is something I could totally see happening in my life. Mm, (laughs) mm, mm. But at the same time, it likely didn't play out like that. So it's just, it's that Hollywood autism.
0: Well, yeah, and this is the problem I think I have with the film in general is that, and I think, uh, I think this may be something to do with it being the who produced it. Uh, the fact that, it, let's be honest, it is very much Oscar bait stuff.
1: It is. LGBT um, and mental health.
0: Yeah. Oh, and look, he's also very pro-helping women in a time when their roles, they're often treated badly. Uh, except, of course, that that's not true. Because in this, well, that's true. That is true, generally. But in the context of the war effort, um, Kira Knightley's character was already there before he got there. Yeah. He didn't recruit her. Because she was good at what she did. And yeah. that is one of the important things that we need to recognise about the effort at Bletchley Park. It was you know,
1: both sexes.
0: Yeah. it, it You know, Well, All sexes, multiple multiple say. genders because we have yeah. Turing. Um, um, and I think it's fascinating that in order to make the film work now, we, we it gets simplified in some of the areas that it's supposed to be standing up in and looking good for. Yeah. Um, I mean, um, you know... It's like
1: the crossword puzzle. Um they use a crossword puzzle to employ people. Mm. If you can do this under ten minutes, uh come and apply, basically. Mm. Um, that is actually true, but Alan Turin had nothing to do with it. Mm. And uh you can actually find uh the crosswords that they used mm. in books now that are very popular in Cheltenham, funny enough. Mm. Um But Alan Turing had nothing to do with hiring either, and it's just kind of, obviously they wanted, oh, this is a fun bit of history, let's insert Alan Turing into it, kind of.
0: Mm -hmm, mm. And
1: make it like his out-of-the-box thinking, when it was more probably someone in HR's out-of-the-box thinking. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, it, it, it's it, there are yeah. I I think it's interesting that in order to make a film that celebrates one particular or, 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 or particularly focuses on one issue, mm. or two issues, it doesn't yeah, you know, but, but, but all focused around Turing himself and his issues. I think it's interesting that what gets cut out are things that I think ought to be celebrated anyway. And I think Turing yeah. would have celebrated. I think Turing would not have been happy with being made the sole leader of the film when he was part of a team. He recognized his role in the team. He had, you know, he wasn't even the, he wasn't the boss of the team either. You know, he worked for no. someone else who was an intelligent man, a papyrologist. Um, you know, they were they, they, and he knew the, he understood the value of teamwork. You know, I mean, you you don't survive British... You know, pub British, you know, boarding school like he did, <laughs> <laughs> without being able to at least somewhat, you know, pass in British society and, and get on with people. And do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um,
1: Even if you are bullied, which I'm not sure if there's evidence for, there probably is. Um, oh, I'm sure he
0: was. Yeah, but at the same yeah. time, well, everyone was. That's the point of the British yes. schools back then. And so it's all a bit odd because you kind of go, well, okay, if he's so. I, I I think okay. So here's the thing: I'm, I I really don't want to do a disservice to this film because it is really well made and yes. really entertaining, and it's also absolutely gorgeous to look at. Mm. Um, and it's one of a number of British-made period films where they're made, where they're directed by Europeans, yeah. and I really like the eye that they bring to these things. Funnily enough, I was thinking of another one that Cumberbatch was in, which was the, uh, the the modern adaptation of Tinker, Tailor, Soldier, Spy. Oh right, yeah. Which is all, which is also directed by one of the Scandinavian directors, you know, and it has a very kind of. It makes London look very, and certainly the 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 MI, MI five. MI6 Mi6 headquarters look very European, when in mm. actual fact they're freaking tiny. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, that's always a thing, you know, whenever you get like these films these days, it's like, oh, that's so stylish and spacious, and I'm going, yeah, go and look at the actual rooms, because they're there. So, they're tiny, they're cramped. They're, that's England. they're British that's office. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we don't
1: have a lot of space.
0: <laughs> Which is one of the things, and I actually think it makes it more interesting. I think that's a, a shame. I miss british film older British films that were shot in those places because they understood that there's something attractive about having a big wide screen cinema image, but it's a really small room and the poor person yeah. is stuck in it, focused on their job mm. and I feel like we keep lit we don't just open out the story we open out the space that the story's happening in to look entertaining. and to say, look, production value, we can afford a big studio, you know. And actually, I think that the reality is equally fascinating, if not more fascinating. Um, But let's not, I don't want to get bogged down in criticising the film only, because I know our job, I know that what you and I do here is to talk about the historical events. I think in the LGBTQ month, I think it's also important to, I think it's important to recognise several things. First of all, here is a decently budgeted, independent film, co-produced, you have You have a whole group of different people from different backgrounds coming together to make a film, a biopic about uh, a famous gay, possibly autistic icon of yeah. British history who deserves to have that story told. Yes My question is always, in telling that story, are we supposed to is it really correct to have, do, it, do it at the expense of other elements that Turing himself would have maybe thought were important? um
1: the way that i get cheering to be he would have been one of the people that would have been like no it was a team effort mm, everyone mm. put in their part Mm. and he would not he is very much celebrated now which is amazing and as i said he is one of my icons um but he seems like the kind of person who wouldn't have wanted that celebration. He just wanted to be, go do his maths and computing and stuff. That he mm-hmm. just That's what he wanted to do.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: he wouldn't have understood why people were, he was just doing a job.
0: Mm-hmm. A job mm-hmm. that
1: he enjoyed, uh, mm-hmm. definitely, because he could get into numbers and machinery and that sort of thing. But at the same time, it was a job. Um, and that's how he fought in the war mm, mm,
0: mm, mm. So i, I just think a yeah
1: <clears throat> sorry, I've got something on my chest today
0: oh okay no I don't sorry that's okay <laughs> um i think it's <clears throat> there's the the i think he, the thing is that if the point was to talk about his Gender, and mm. to discuss it, I actually wonder if they—if they, I'm not sure they even did that—the service that they were supposed to. I—I—I mm. uh, I, I worry that actually we didn't see enough of that side of him, and that actually by filtering it through, um. The, the 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 you know uh, Joan Clark's character, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, it, they basically use Clark Joan Clark as a way for to say to, say to a hetero audience, you know, look at him in the situation. But actually, I think that's a real disservice to her.
1: Yeah, especially as apparently when he because they did get engaged in real life. Yeah, yeah. Um, he mentioned his homosexuality to her during the proposal.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And that kind of her not knowing is kind of a disservice to her because she was like, yeah, I know. Yeah. And former, it, it seems, is that their relationship was more to do with their brains and they didn't ever consummate anything. I don't think they even kissed. Um, they probably danced, but friends dance all the time. So, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of... She was a very brave woman she knew what she wanted to do and that was the engagement was to help her out as well Mm, and also there are women that married knowingly gay men because they were just like well that's not what our relationship's about there is the historical fact that people are beards if you know what that means
0: mm. so mm. yeah i'm i mean it's interesting because there's a couple of things that i think are important to his identity that may have been important to his gender identity that are left out of the film yeah. he was absolutely devoted to his mother yes you know very much an important part of it and she's um, only
1: brought up once
0: yeah and I, and and that would be absolutely i think and, uh, 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 considering how he was treated at school, I think that's an important thing that could have been uh, brought in to to, to help um, look at and understand his own personal development he mm. wasn't nearly as arrogant as the film makes him out to be, eccentric no. but not arrogant there's uh, a
1: major difference between those two yeah,
0: and, and and one of the reasons he's a gay icon is because he was not uncomfortable with his sexuality yes. You know, he was he he people he know he he he. That's who he was, and that's how he felt. And you know, it's the film suggests that basically the film puts a more modern spin on it.
1: Yeah, the kind of hiding it.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and it misunderstands quite how the British establishment has always been ambivalent Mm. about gender in in situations where it's useful to the establishment. Yeah, You know, especially after the 20s and 30s, I think people forget that there are pre-war attitudes and pre-World War I attitudes and post-World War I attitudes. And while the change isn't massive, I think there is enough of a change at certain levels of society that there is a recognition... You know, certain people felt more comfortable just being themselves, even if they weren't able to shout it from the rooftops.
1: Yeah. It was a um, subtle approach to how it is now.
0: Yeah, it it was a different, more tacit, wasn't it? And and I think that's interesting because it begs a certain question. So, for example, you know, in in one of the things that the film treats as being a terrible punishment on him was the chemical castration he receives yeah. uh, after the war, because as as a as a sentence, I mean, you for how people who don't know that uh, this bit of history, Britain, homosexuality was, Or homosexual acts specifically were illegal. In yeah. Britain, right, well, up to to the late twentieth century, nineteen sixty seven, yeah, and the said you could be imprisoned for it. You could be punished for it in various ways, and one of the punishments was chemical castration, i.e., hormonal change, mm. ad, ad, forcibly administered. Now, according to Cheering's friends, and this may have been Cheering. Just being very British about it, or it may have mm-hmm. been an accurate representation of his feelings. He joked that was about that treatment. He used to, he would, he would have a joke and laugh about it and say, "Oh, well, I might, if, well if I get lucky, I might get breasts, and then I'll be more attractive to other men." <laughs> you know, that th- that's a very British take on it, yeah. and I feel like I feel like in going for the big tragedy you know let's get that Oscar i feel like they yeah. kind of lost a little bit of that because it's it's much more painful it's much more uh heart tugging at your heartstrings in a movie sense mm. um you know he used to because you know he used to go to greece and, and 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 meet fellow gay men and enjoy his life there yeah um and there's still some question mark over so the film let's again let's talk about something that i think would have been very interesting to tackle in the film given we're trying to talk about the issues around a man of, of his brilliance and you know gender and mm-hmm. place in society at the time in his treatment there are a number so 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 spoiler alert but always spoiler alert in these episodes yeah. we he he in the film he is believed to have died by suicide. Yeah. And that is the official story.
1: And there's a lot of question marks around that.
0: Yes. It's really important to note several things that really should have been there because they are absolutely crucial to understanding the question marks around his death. First of all, MI6 was paranoid at the time about leaks. It's yeah. the Cold War and there had been famous, famously discovered a number of uh, Cambridge-trained members of the Secret Service who had turned out to be double agents. Yes. And it was it was a matter of concern that being homosexual and going abroad to be able to enjoy that homosexuality, he would be open to blackmail.
1: Yeah, and also... Um... There was a thing going on in America called the Lavender Scare, which uh-huh. was the same as the Red Scare for uh-huh. communists, but it was also it's for LGBTQ people basically and uh-huh. it actually affected a lot more people than the Red Scare did. Yeah. And it's something that is very, very rarely talked about. So and it, although it had a little bit of an effect on us, it didn't have as much of an effect. But mm. still, there were those suspicions around anyone that was homosexual.
0: Mm. So I think, I I think when you bring all that together, it's, it it would have been important to recognise and and MI6 sent him a letter. I mean, yeah. I mean they warned him. <laughs> yeah. They said we are concerned about what could happen. Uh, not a letter, sorry. They, I mean, it was a straight up warning. But the point is that they that's not in the film. No. And he's supposedly he takes his own life whilst eating an apple. Mm. <laughs> you know, family, his family, Turing's family and friends maintained that there was a very good chance that he MI6 poisoned him. Mm. Because it was a, a very well used technique in that time. Yeah, they put cyanide in food. Yeah. Now, again, speculation. We don't have historical evidence for it. We have, but it's Considered important enough by his family that I think leaving it out of the film, even if you, given how much else is fictionalized in the film, yeah, <laughs> you know, oh, we're going to do this via the detective who reports on his, you know, we'll we'll create a a, a format a for a, 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 a traditional movie way of looking back at the story, yeah, you know, have the inv- an investigator talking to, it, and it's like, well, even in fifty one, there's no way that. Turing's going to tell and invest some old investigators stuff about World War Two. It's too recent. Yeah, some of that stuff he's not going to say. It's too secret still.
1: It's also it. A lot of it didn't come out until the two thousands because that's when it was declassified.
0: Mm, mm.
1: And that's one of the reasons that he wasn't celebrated in his own time is because people weren't allowed to know.
0: Hmm. Mm, mm. So, I mean. It's... I don't want I'm not trying to take away from him and his achievements or or even yeah. the film itself. I just worry that in order to in order to make him in order to make a film that that that, that succeeds in showing someone who is who, who who makes massive historical contributions in addition to it's what you said at the start of the podcast about so much of people of different gender being invisible or written out or erased from history Mm. and the need to highlight them and bring them forward again. It's, I think what I'm getting at is that I worry that in distorting the, 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 the reality of who he was as much as the film chooses to do, I worry that actually they've done a disservice to who he was and, what his achievements were mm. is it really fair to say the that to to recast him as a, like a modern silicon valley style disruptor you know disruptive yeah. genius you know i mean the, the 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 whole what's the line he uses in the film it's um uh i'm just trying to find it i've made a note of it earlier sorry one second um uh It's one of those things where they just keep repeating it and you're going, oh, for goodness sake. Um,
1: Yes, we get it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh, Where is it? Where's the phrase? I can't find it. Uh, Something about impossible ideas. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. Do you remember the line? Yeah. Uh, something about anyway, but anyway, it, it's this whole idea about achievement and how you achieve things, um, and I and I was just sort of thought, well, well, yeah, that's a very modern kind of, you know, lone genius pointing out to people how to do things when everyone and 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 it's like, he, wait a minute, he's he's a, he's a, he's on a team of geniuses. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he's not about to be Mr. Solo guy mm. with the chalk and the cue and, and the board. You know, they all had contributions. And in fact, there's some people who are. Um... Yeah, I mean, there are other stories and other people from this period of time that also deserve to be celebrated, but maybe for different reasons. Uh, I mean, I still don't think anyone's done a, a film about Tommy Flowers, who was a post office guy who used his own money to finance uh an advanced valve-based machine um for breaking codes and that and cheering helped on that yeah. but flowers paid his own money mm-hmm. but again I don't think anyone's made a film about that um and it's just it's just I don't know I just keep wondering if they I've had this argument with not argument I've heard this argument from some friends of mine who are writers and producers in the film industry this idea that And this is an idea I've heard all my life that um, script writers often improve on history (sighs) because the audience needs the history to be dealt with a certain way. It's like, oh, well, that would be boring if we did that. The audience aren't going to be interested in that. We need to tell it this other way. And I often think that that's underestimating the audiences. Yeah. I'm sorry, you, you say audiences will be bored by that. Have you seen what audiences spend a lot of time watching when they're not watching movies in the cinema? Yeah, <laughs> I know, did
1: not find anything interesting about Love Island.
0: Well, yeah, but, but I don't think Love Island is f- is for some people in, in generational terms. Yeah. Uh, the kids I've been teaching, they love it. But they love it in the same way that 20-plus years ago, the kids I was teaching then loved Big Brother.
1: Yeah, I will say I enjoyed a bit of Big
0: Brother, so... Yeah, I think it's just generational reality TV stuff. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, yeah, no, but... but, 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 Anyway, coming back to the film. So, Imitation Game and Where We Stand. I just... I, I worry that... And I felt this way watching it. I felt that in order to make him into a movie hero, the liberties taken with the history undermine not just everyone or everyone around him and, uh, but he, but him himself. I feel like I feel yeah. like there's still another film <laughs> another version of cheering for us to be have a good film about.
1: I think because it's such a complicated time of history it's not something a film can do. It's more a miniseries, series, minimum miniseries.
0: Well, here's a question. It's been a few years since I watched The Imitation Game, and you watched yeah. it. You watched last it night. very last night. Yeah. Am I right? Do we ever see him practicing homosexuality? Nope. Yep. And yet Not. he did.
1: Yeah. Um, now, now did. that to
0: me. Sorry, go <clears> on.
1: <throat> he mentions um, at one point um, because I like men touching my penis. Uh, very bluntly, um, you can tell he's in love with his friend from school. Yep,
0: who he named a machine after later. Yeah,
1: yeah, which um, wasn't even um, at the one at Bletchley Park was not named Christopher; mm-hmm. it was a different yep. one. Yeah,
0: um, was a friend from early in his life.
1: Yeah, and that's about it. Apart from occasional talking about
0: it. So, so, so that to me, I think. That is, a, that is a real misstep, and I think yeah. that's terribly Hollywood. Let's make a film about a gay icon, but let's not show him being gay. Yeah,
1: because, <laughs> because it might upset the normies.
0: Yes, and we need to make him a tragic Jesus figure. Yes. And and, and that's really unfair to him. Because he know, was
1: practising.
0: Yes, and we should have seen that. I
1: don't like the word practising, it makes it. up. <laughs>
0: No, I know what you mean. I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. That the you know, but the point was that he lived his life and he was actively sexual. Yeah, and th- you know, in, in 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 so many movies for so many years, hetero characters are allowed to shag in order to show that they're got whatever that means that they are you know yeah. like look isn't this person a strong character because they can make anybody feel poorly well, well oh, okay it's the, uh,
1: th- it's the thing that i actually explain to a lot of parents when um some have been worried about the fact that i've explained lgbtq stuff to evie because she's mm. five and i say look i explain it on a disney level and they're like what do you mean i'm like men and women kiss and have relationships in Disney films Yeah, that is the same level to what I explained those issues Mm. she doesn't it's not like I'm taking her out of class and going when a man and a man really love each other they Mm. do stuff that's not how you discuss it you discuss it by saying look some men love men some women love women some men like women some women like men some women like both some Mm. men like both Mm. She mm. knows that mummy likes both. Yeah. And she understands that that's not me. It's healthy to look. Like yeah. the fact of me and Jack will sometimes sit on the bench and go, yeah, she's pretty kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's That's mm-hmm. completely healthy. The people that deny that part of themselves, I think is really unhealthy. Like mm. people ask both me and Jack, like how do we, because we can be quite flirty sometimes. Mm. How do we get, Away with that, with because we're married, and it's like because we trust each other,
0: yeah. we're not yeah. going
1: off to someone else's bed. We're just having a bit of fun. It's not,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. So, uh, but it's it's also the fact of a lot of people question Jack of how he can trust to be with a bisexual woman. It's like because just because she's got more options doesn't mean she's going to cheat. But the and thing it's those is stereotypes again. So Well if
0: we if we made a film of of your life for example mm. this is you can to put it in to compare it with the imitation game this would be we would be we would be having to show that you Never kiss a woman, and that you never express your bisexuality except verbally, and that, and that you know nothing, and that at no point in your future life did you do you ever go off and do anything. Do you know what I mean? At yeah. no point do you and Jake say, "Hey, you know what? It's going to be okay if you do this." Do you, all of that is what they've taken out of the out of out of the Tearing's life.
1: Yeah,
0: and they've gone, "Look, he was a su- he never, you know, yes, he liked it, and we're not going to show it to you." And it's like while you're saying that. On television, you get in 20, in twenty fourteen. You know, you've got Spartacus, where there's muscly men with cocks out everywhere, and you get Game <laughs> of Thrones, you know, yeah. and you've got all these, and you've got, and that's before we even talk about actual gay dramas on television. Yeah, you know, like, really good at the ones. Same
1: time, banana, cucumber, tofu came out.
0: Yeah, and you, yeah. Ha- uh, you know, so to television, busy saying, look, here's actual lifestyles, and and here is this biopic, which is. Proving, which proves very successful and is very well celebrated, and and is celebrated by people uh, of LGBTQ plus um, outlook, and it's just, and you think, well, okay, you're right. He deserves this level of financing and creativity, and you know, it, the, the Imitation Game is a, is something that sh- the sort of film that should be made ages ago about Turing, but it should have been so much better. Yeah, in my view. I In think my also
1: the fact of we are so starved for LGBT representation, we will take anything sometimes. Because mm. there's still not a lot of um, of it.
0: Yeah, we used to be like that with race. Yeah, yeah. and mm. we
1: are starting to get better with race. But it's still got a long, long way to go. I think
0: we're better on television with all of this stuff. Yes. And I think cinema lags behind because cinema is whether it likes it or not wants to make the most amount of money from the most amount of people mm. and well, actually it's, so
1: it's like the oh look i'm gonna mention marvel um yes the, no it's
0: a good one to mention
1: um the fact of um in the marvel films they're like Woo, we've got some lgbt representation and they say valkyrie is which i can totally believe but they never show anything to do with that Mm-hmm. And also, the fact that the first gay, out gay character is some random person played in a cameo by one of the
0: directors. Yeah, exactly. This is the whole thing. It doesn't work like that. It's, it's also, like um, representation means they are part of the story, not part yeah. of the background.
1: And Star Wars as well, with the. Um... Oh, don't start me on that. <laughs> yeah, it's actually what I discussed on The Big Stomp. Yeah, uh, but,
0: but then this is what yeah. you're going to get as long as you're getting films made, produced ultimately by Disney.
1: Yeah, and especially because they're so scared about international markets like Russia and China
0: as well. Yeah, exactly. So whereas television can, and and indie filmmaking can say, we don't need to worry about that. We can just tell the stories and the stories we want and the stories how we want. And I think that's really, really important. But I still think it is strange that in 2014, you get a film with a European director and a, a British cast, people who have who 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 are quite happy to be part of those kinds of TV shows and to push that level, and yeah. and and they, in the end, the film that you see feels very much the sort of thing you expect to see from the producer from the producing company rather than the people who are actually involved in it. Yeah. Uh, I I I really like like why do you hire what yeah you. Know, you, you, you... Don't hire Don't hire people who could show you the story with all of its rough edges and, you know, bits that the mainstream are uncomfortable with, and they could do that, mm. and they would do that, and then say, oh, no, you're not going to do that. It's like a missed opportunity.
1: Yeah. Um, there's also the fact of Bendit Cumberbatch has been in one of the most, what's it called? Um, I can't remember its term. Um they basically the Sherlock and Watson relationship. Mm. They're mm. queerbaiting. Mm. And how much that's been accused of that. Because it's mm. like the little hints and the little nods towards the audience. But then they never go anywhere. Mm. And again, that's a lot. They're like, look, we are sort of representing it. But mm. it's like, no, you're not. And mm. that's where, I guess, fanfic comes in. But still... <laughs>
0: But the point is, fanfic has always been there for that.
1: Yes. Well, and it shouldn't that's have to be. It's come from, from Star Trek. so
0: mm, mm. Yeah, cook spocking. Yeah. yeah, and that's and why it's it, called shipping. Yeah, and it needs to be... The point is that the mainstream needs to get ready because there are the numbers of people who identify as LGBTQ+, is increasing yes. rapidly. And that means that they are going to be a significant... Paying portion of the mainstream if they are not already. We already are. I think you are, and on that basis, f- mainstream filmmaking should recognise that, mm. and not just the, keep, not just keep throwing you know tokenistic, you know, gestures yeah. towards you. What? And and I hate to say it, a biopic of Turing should be that the film that breaks that mould. And yeah. I think maybe that's the problem. Maybe I want. Uh, maybe the problem I have with the *Imitation Game* is it breaks. One mold and then replaces it with another. <laughs>
1: yes, I mean, I will say that the film came out at a very important time because it was when um, UK gay marriage had just been legalised. Mm-hmm. Um, so LGBT issues were more interested in, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it was. Oh, it's timing. Right, yeah, yeah, it was the right time for it. But at the same time, it's very careful about it. So, Far too careful. Too careful.
0: Yeah. So on that basis, what percentage are we going to give it?
1: 35%.
0: Real history. Hmm. Yeah, that's not bad. I could go with that. Yeah. Cause... Yeah, I, 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 Yeah. That that's actually a good number. I'll go with 35%. I feel like it may be even less, but it depends on how much we want to concentrate on the, um, the uh, Enigma side of it. Yeah. And I think if we're looking at his life, if we're looking at the broader picture of it as a biopic about one man, as opposed to just an Enigma pick. then I think, yeah, I think we can, I think 30, 35 is, is good.
1: Yeah. And we've also got to remember it picks out three very different times in his life. Mm. And he lived 41 years, which was way too short. Mm. Um, but those free little periods are not his whole life. So yes, they didn't show the, his homosexuality. But I can, I wish they had. But I can sort of see in those periods why he wouldn't have been active, if that makes sense. But he, but the thing was, he yeah. was. I
0: know he was like literally weeks before his death. Yes, you know, and that's the problem. That's a yeah. solid piece of historical evidence. That they're just going, yeah, that's not important to our version of the story, and you're going, but it is the yeah. version of the story you say that you're telling is the version that <laughs> needs that.
1: Because he was caught because of the fact of um, a lover of his broke into his house.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's
1: I, what happened. So it shows I, I, that he was sexually active.
0: I just, but it, but it's so, but the fact that it has to happen off screen and it has to be made to, it has to be focused on as the thing that's bad yeah instead of celebrating it yeah you know it should be celebrated you know we allow our, the, the, the 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 we, we allow sister and head and head characters to to, to 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 celebrate on screen yeah we should be therefore allowing everyone to celebrate on screen yeah but
1: so Apparently there's something very sexual about men just giving each other a peck on the cheek or something. apparently. Because mm. um, that's one thing that um I did notice uh 'cause I I've been watching Brooklyn Nine Nine again. Mm-hmm. Shocker mm. Holt and Kevin never kiss. Mm. But, but it is part of their character, which makes sense. Now you've that's got it. Rosa who is mm. openly bi, there has been a couple of more kisses. Hmm. Um, but then it is that question of why do you never see Kevin and Holt like interact like that? But at the same time, it's their character and it's that uh, round around in circles. <laughs> I, I think it's a clever.
0: I think it's clever. I think yeah. what they've done is very, very clever. In that they've created a, they understand the limits of American television, and so what mm. they've done is they've actually gone well. We'll make that the. We'll make a joke of that very fact. That these two are so utterly restrained. And...
1: That they see handshakes as too much.
0: <laughs> yeah, precisely. <laughs> that, that's the thing. That is the the TV show parodying the very medium that it's being delivered on. And yep. that's clever. But there's no such cleverness here in the Imitation Game. Yeah. Which is a sad thing. So, on that note, Jenna, where can people find you?
1: You can find me at Nodesca Kitty on Twitter. Yeah. Um... <laughs> And also you can find me on the blogger Bunkzilla, where I do occasionally write some things. Mm-hmm. And also, um, yeah, I've got a Kofi as well, So, uh, which is Jenna Payman. Um, as we got a shout-out from um, them, I'm going to also shout-out that uh, Dangerously Unprepared, which is my husband's podcast, has finally returned. Mm-hmm. And so if you like geeky, nerdy, gamey Filmy stuff, but with um, one lady and two men joking about it, then go talk, uh, go listen to them. They're quite a good podcast. So, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they shout us out. So,
0: And you were also on The Big Stomp recently again?
1: Yes, I was. Uh, funny enough, talking about LGBT
0: issues. Um, mm-hmm.
1: I discussed uh, Finn and Poe and their relationship and again, LGBT representation because it is a big deal to me. And there needs to be a lot more. There is uh, some shows that are starting to creep it into children's TV, like Steven mm-hmm. Universe, uh, but they are rare and far between still, unfortunately. But, yeah, so... Okay. Where can people find you here?
0: Uh at UK David on most social media uh at 4DA Publishing on Twitter if you want to talk to us about this particular podcast or 4 publishing at gmail.com and if you want to hire me or work with me, 4DA Consultancy. Thank you. You're right. <laughs> right. So uh that's all from us this episode, and we will be talking to you with you all soon um about another historically based film. Yes. Bye bye